Welcome to the Alatea Foundation's new podcast series where experts share their insights on current and urgent energy matters for the benefit of our members and the general community. My name's Nawid Jabarkil and today I'm joined by Dr. Veronica Bermudez Benito, Senior Research Director at the Qatar Environment and Energy Research Institute. Before we start this session, I'd just like to remind all of our listeners to please visit the Foundation's website at www.abhafoundation.org or follow the Foundation at alatiafndn. Now, on to today's topic. Well, the energy transition to net zero carbon emissions is well and truly underway. And how electricity is generated will be a key component of that transition. Solutions will be local, of course, as different circumstances will prevail from location. Today, we'll look at research on how electricity might be generated in Qatar. Good afternoon, Veronica, and welcome to an Alatia Foundation activity. Good afternoon to you and everyone in the audience. And I thank you very much for having me uh, today to discuss uh, this very interesting topic. Great. Before we get started, then, for the benefit of our overseas listeners, let's start with a brief description, if you will, of the Institute. What does it do and where does it sit within the Hamad bin Khalifa University in Qatar? Yes. So, uh, Keri is the Qatar Environment and Energy Research Institute, and it is uh, a research institute with a national mandate for energy, water, and environment. Um, we are uh, focusing research, development, and innovation in these three topics, but uh, n- not only for Qatar, also regionally and uh, globally. So, we have uh, the scientific and technical expertise that uh, is needed to support uh, the visionary management at HBKU, Hamad bin Khalifa University and Qatar Foundation. Um, we have a state-of-the-art facilities, including more than 4,000 square meters of uh, indoor lab space and uh, 35,000 square meters of outdoor test facility, which is very relevant to the discussion we are going to have today. So we think that we are vital partners uh, and collaborators in the country for national and international stakeholders in the field of uh, sustainability, in particular for the energy, water and environment sectors. And you have a wide variety of energy projects under your management at Kiri. Let's start with one thing that you're particularly interested in, solar photovoltaic, the industry and technology as well, both in Qatar and worldwide. Just tell us a bit about your work into the PV world. Yes, so solar photovoltaic, or commonly known as solar PV, is one of the areas where Kerry has a great um, expertise, and specifically the energy center that I lead, we are working on it as part of our mandate uh, to assist Qatar to tackle is the grand challenges in, uh, related to energy, water, and environment. So Qatar is a uh, well-known, very well-known uh, globally as uh, the fourth largest producer of dry natural gas and the largest producer of liquefied natural gas. So we are looking for ways to convert oil and gas to added value products, while at the same time, we are looking to ways of um, optimizing the national resources uh, by saving them. And for that, solar energy can definitely be a tangible solution. So the availability of solar resources in Qatar is among the highest in the world. However, the quality of, uh, of uh, these resources is very dependent on the various environmental factors, including um, and not limited to heat, dust, and other 
that we may be discussing later. So what we are doing at Keri is uh, we are working to identify and quantify the solar resource of those solar technologies that will be best suited for Qatar. And in particular, we are really focused in the specific uh, climate environment and desert environment because it is a, a challenge not only for the country, but also for a wide uh, number of, of, um, of countries and regions across the, the world. So we, we have very recently issued uh, uh, the first ever solar atlas uh, for Qatar, uh, which is a very important uh, material for decision makers and for future PV uh, power plants. And uh, what we have been here and the, our added value has been to develop a met methodology based on, based on machine learning algorithms where ground method uh, radiometric data uh, have, mm -hmm. been have been compared with available solar radiations. And uh, thanks to that, we have been able also to work and to participate in Qatar plans to, to, to build uh, the 800 megawatt uh, power plant that is now being built in the country since uh, the decision take, was taken in 2020. And we are supporting the country in, in assessing them, uh, we, assessing the companies that are working in this project to select the best technologies that can be used to doing on-site measurements and uh, on-site assessing the on-site capabilities uh, for the power plant operation. Other key activity that we are running in solar is related to um, solar rooftop photovoltaic potential. And we have uh, selected Education City in Qatar Foundation as uh, a living laboratory focusing uh, in uh, the development of a software platform that estimates the potential yield of uh, rooftop solar uh, PV systems in Qatar. And this, is, uh, this will help us to promote the adoption of residential and commercial PV by pioneering the development of a solar community uh, and ecosystem in the education city that further and later can be extrapolated to the country. Other important uh, things that we are doing is related with, uh, with uh, the integration of PV in, uh, in the country at global level in uh, shelters or in, uh, for example, we have recently been working with uh, Ashgal and its contractors in the development of a PV power bus depot in uh, Lusail City here in, in, in Qatar for the electric bus float um, to address the country's targets for electrical vehicles. We have a partnership with a local farmer where we have also, we are helping uh, him to go out from diesel generators and uh, going through solar. So it's a very hands-on uh, applied research that we are conducting in the country. Yeah, it sounds it. And just in terms of PV development, you said you want to try and uh, expand it to commercial and residential um, businesses, organizations, individuals in Qatar. Lots of people would look at the region, countries like Qatar, and say it's year-round sunshine. Why isn't it? Um, why isn't solar so much more um, so much more popular there? Well, I assume there are two main problems: climate being one, and also, as you mentioned, the very low cost of gas. Qatar's success in the in the LNG world, perhaps things like dusting on cells as a result of climate. What what are the main challenges holding back PV development? So one of the main challenges uh, for, for the country and for the region holding back PV development is, uh, is policy. Uh, we in Kerry, we have, uh, we have also policy research uh, and uh, um, 
PV has been developed across the world, mainly uh, pushed by, by policy decisions and by incentives. Um, apart from that, there, there is also uh, the pro it is not a problem, it's the challenges of, uh, of the weather conditions in the country. So, for example, uh, Qatar has a, a, the heat that the country receives is quite intense and does impact a lot the amount of electricity produced by the PV modules. However, this can be predictable because uh, all the technologies uh, have uh, this kind of analysis uh, done in their, in their uh, fact sheets and it is known and we can predict and we size the power plant it can be it can be taken into consideration. However, other environmental conditions as uh, dust and sand, uh, along with uh, humidity and salinity, cause also uh, uh, very big uh, losses in the PV panels. So the more the dust, the lesser the amount of light that get into the panel, and the less electricity is produced. And one of the main problems with the, these uh, parameters is that they cannot be um, they are not really predictable. And uh, we we need to consider them for sizing the power plants. And if a power plant neglects the impact of dusting um, in the panels, the cost of electricity will be significantly higher than the one plant. So uh, and this is not only a problem for Qatar. I mean, you, you can find these problems also in all desert environments, like in Central Australia, California, Arizona, etc. Each place has a specific particularities, but the global uh, problem is the same. At Kerry, what we are doing is uh, to solve these problems. We are working in validating and demonstrating cleaning technologies that are adapted to these weather conditions, and in particular, the dry cleaning technologies uh, because of the lack of water availability in desert environment. And um, we are also trying to develop uh, model, models uh, that can help us to forecast the soiling which means the dust accumulation in the PV panels. And uh, this forecasting can help the PV power plants operators to optimize their, their operations. The low, the low cost of the gas, I do not see it as a challenge, but I see, to the contrary, for me, it's a catalyzer. It can be really a catalyzer for PV deployment because one of the main problems known for, or challenges known for, for PV is the viability and seasonality. So a low gas, um, low cost of gas associated with uh, being the oil and gas um, uh, raw material, oil and gas raw material with that does not that produce or emit less CO2 can be really a catalyzer for PV because it can give the um, the needed um, stability and dispatchability to the grid. Associated with, if we associate it with uh, with uh, carbon capture and storage solution, so it is not a challenge; it is an opportunity. And uh, interesting, you talk about the different parts of the energy mix. There, one of the great changes we've seen with uh, not just PV cells but solar power in general over the past two decades is this enormous, almost unbelievable reduction in the cost of uh, generating electricity. What's that been down to, do you think, as someone who's tracked the industry for so long? Is it just economies of scale? Is it technology that's driven this? We've seen China, for example, really bringing down the cost. And why isn't that cost being passed on to the consumer, do you think, particularly in places like Qatar? So I would say that uh, these, uh, these changes on cost are based on both. It's just a uh, when we look 
to to the to the cost itself. So economy economy of scales was a, an initial major catalyzer for for cost reduction. And as you said, in the in the early 2000s, there was a very big investment by Chinese uh, in all the value chain for silicon silicon uh, PV uh, technologies, and this drove the the cost really down. And one of the things that we can say that all market uh, forecasting were wrong because they were underestimating the the cost reduction. Um, today, what we are seeing is more uh, a cost reduction that is driven. Drawing, sorry, for uh, by um, by improvement on technologies uh, and also by power plant uh, design and operation practices that are also being improved and uh, this uh, this contribute to to cost reduction. Um, the trans translating that to uh, to the customer today, it is a. We are in a very early stage in PV deployment and PV integration in energy grid. So globally, PV is less than 1% of the electricity production. So we have not seen that yet, but it will come with uh, with time. Here in Qatar, um, it's also, once again, it's a policy policy matter. Uh, there, if uh, there would be more incentives uh, for PV, for example, rooftop PV, um, we would see uh, more we would see more more uh, projects in the country, and this will contribute to reduce uh, the costs, especially for for the industry that has a, a high level of uh, of uh, electricity cost. Yeah, and uh, looking at policy, I mean, one thing looking at my notes that jumped out at me was was this claim that all of Qatar's current electricity needs could be met and satisfied by photovoltaic without too much impact on the use of land or the landscape, given the size of Qatar. That's quite, quite, quite an interesting fact. Is that true? And also, uh, we've seen that there's a major generating facility being built at the moment that you touched upon earlier. Does that signal a shift in policy from uh, from the government there and, uh, and the industry at large? I, I do not know if it is, uh, I would not say that it is a change in policy yet. What it is clear is that, that Qatar is taking a range of actions to reduce its uh, greenhouse uh, gas emissions and to position itself as a leader in the development of climate change and clean energy uh, technologies. So domestically, Qatar has a uh, renewable energy goal of uh, sourcing 20% of the country's uh, total energy from renewable sources. And if we look uh, to the renewable sources in the country, this can only be achieved by with uh, with solar so developing clean technology is a focus for qatar given its uh, resources and the opportunities to develop technologies that can address these uh, this, uh, climate uh, change uh, uh, challenges for the country um, the, the country as i told before has uh, has started the construction of a 800 megawatt uh, uh, pv power plant um, which includes 2 million uh, pv modules and that, that it, it will it will cover 10% of the energy uh, electricity produced, um, the capacity uh, electricity for the country. Uh, one of the main advantages in Qatar is uh, that um, the it presents an ideal case for PV compared with other countries. Here in Qatar, the electricity demand load is higher in summer and during the day, which is exactly when we have. Uh, higher sun irradiation and when we we have more PV production. So this match is a very interesting match and uh, 
problems related with uh, with uh, negative cost of electricity of uh, from renewable energy that we have seen in other mild climates will not happen here. Um, we did a very rough calculation, and uh, we assumed that we installed the adequate batteries and ancillary systems to provide energy in Qatar when there is uh, not direct production. It means when when there is not sun available, um, we would need about 15% of the country uh, coverage, uh, plus the needed space of, uh, of uh, for the associated batteries and the need capacity addition to account for losses. 50% is not so much. If we consider that we can make use of uh, rooftops and we can make use not only of rooftops, every roof that there is also in the in shades, in parking slots and, and so on. So I really think that um, if we look to 2050 and beyond, Qatar can leverage the geographical uh, strategic location and reinvent itself as a global epicenter for uh, solar energy, um, solar renewable energy innovation. Uh, because one of the advantages of the country is the country size. I mean, it, it is a real life test laboratory to develop technologies that are uh, can be really implemented in a in a straightforward way, and um, this can be extrapolated and can be exported to other uh, other regions. And just looking at, we've touched upon infrastructure, we've spoken about policy, but at the end of the day, individuals have a role to play here as well. And one thing associated with the region, the Gulf region in particular, is that people waste too much energy. They use too much energy. If renewable takes off, if solar plays a bigger role, do you think people are less likely? Is there evidence that they're going to change their behaviours or will it have the adverse effect? So changing people's behaviour, it only comes if uh, the commodity is not changed. So it is true. It is true that uh, in the in the in the region, many other other countries, but in particular in the in the region, there is a huge amount of uh, of uh, electricity waste, energy waste in general, and water also. Uh, and this this comes um, due to the fact that it is uh, quite cheap. For some, it is not, it is even at zero cost, and uh, that there is not a real awareness of uh, of. Uh, this this waste. So we at Kerry and also in Qatar Foundation, we are working in this awareness because, of course, the cheapest electricity is the one, the cheapest and cleanest electricity is the one that we do not waste. So it can happen, but we need uh, from policy uh, um, incentives from one side and also awareness and keep the commodity of, of the people. If we ask the people to um, switch two degrees more their AC, it will not happen. Yeah. So and what, one yeah. one thing that the 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 one one aspect in the region that's that's often looked at is is motor vehicles and transportation. Uh, do you think that the PV world and PV capacity can have a role to play there as well? I would not say that PV will fully satisfy uh, the electricity needs for uh, electrical vehicles, but of course it will be a very important part of the energy mix needed to satisfy this demand. And this will be done in agreement uh, uh, with uh, the targets of, uh, of the country in terms of uh, CO2 reduction emissions. So uh, Qatar has a very aggressive and a very ambitious uh, target 
of achieving 20% share of electric vehicles in 2030. And uh, this is a great uh, objective if it comes with associated with uh, PV objectives. And the country has, has done that. And I was telling, I was, uh, I was uh, telling before about uh, the engagement we have had with uh, Ashgal and, uh, and uh, its contractors for the development of a PV bus depot that, where the bus uh, electric bus fleet will be used for the World Cup 2022. So I mean, there are very big and, uh, and amazing uh, targets uh, for the country to moving towards a more sustainable development and reduce the country's CO2 emissions per capita. And let's just shift focus a bit now if we if we can to concentrated solar power or CSP plants because PV photovoltaic isn't the only game in town. Uh, let's talk about CSP. Are, are these viable in Qatar, do you think, those sorts of plants and will they be a way of desalinating water if combined cycle gas plants are no longer used in the country? So one of the main challenges of uh, of uh, CSP for development for the country is uh, is the uh, solar uh, radiation. So the country has a very good uh, solar radiation and uh, very good levels of uh, global horizontal um, radiation, but um, the quality for CSP is not the right one. So when you look to the solar radiation, there are different components. So there is uh, the global horizontal irradiation, which is the one that considers all the irradiation and is the, the one that is fitted for PV. But for uh, CSP, uh, we need to take into consideration the direct normal irradiation, which is the DNI. So to be techno-economically viable, the DNI needs to be higher than 2000, around 2,200 uh, kilowatt hour per square meter, or the country is uh, around 1,800 um, kilowatt hour per square, per square meter for this specific um, DNI. So we think that PV technologies uh, are more likely to, to be cost competitive, uh, more than, than, than CSP in Qatar. And... Uh, this brings to us to, okay, we cannot have uh, desalination power plants uh, powered by, by solar, direct power by solar, but let's have um, electric driving desalination power plants where the electricity can really come from PV. And PV for the, for the, for the country is the real uh, goal solution. So it is a no, I do not think uh, CSP will make it in the country. But however, there are solutions to have a solar-driven desalination power plants. Very interesting. And more acronyms to add to the, to the energy dictionary there. <laughs> yes. well, thank you. Yeah, just when you th think you've heard, heard them all. Thank you so much for your time. I think our, our time is just about up. But again, uh, really appreciate you giving up your time to share your thoughts on the potential development of solar power and electricity generation both in Qatar and around the world. Veronica, thank you. And for the listeners, thank you for tuning in once again. Watch this space for the next Alatia podcast in the series and stay up to date on the website and on our Twitter feed. I'm Nawid Jabarkil. Thank you and goodbye. <laughs>